Hi there, Vinci Chini Amaji listeners. This is your host, Mark Karaki. This week, we have good friend, ecosystem veteran, technologist, and entrepreneur, the evergreen and always reliable, Kenneth Young Kenju Kenyanjui. Kenneth is one of those people you want to have in your life as a friend, or even better, a colleague. He's a gifted technologist with broad experience in the tech entrepreneurship process and has been part of the Google community, including the Google Developer Groups, Google Launchpad, and Google I.O. International Conference. He co-founded and helped build WeCashUp, an African-focused fintech startup with his co-founder, Cedric Antangana. This is a great story about how the evolution of tech as a global phenomenon has direct impact on the life of a young African. Enjoy the podcast. Hello, everybody. This is Chini Maji Podcast brought to you by Impact Africa Network. Uh, this week, we are excited to be introducing a, a long-awaited guest, uh, somebody who's a good friend, uh, somebody who's a running buddy, somebody who is a kindred spirit in all senses of the word. The one and only, I got mad nicknames for this for this homie right here, man. I've got mad nicknames for you. Don't drop, don't drop <laughs> yeah, shit, man. It's, it's too late, man. I can't, I can't whet the audience's appetite. Now, see, 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 see what they can call you. Just say one. Let's move okay. <laughs> The one and only, Kenneth Kinanjuri, a.k.a. Young Kenju, a.k.a. Young Mentor. <laughs> I'm going to stop. <laughs> but yeah. Kenneth Kinanjuri, super excited to have you here, man. Somebody I highly respect. Uh, you know, a young man, but, you know, uh, I guess you'd, you, you'd say young in age, but, you know, old, long in wisdom, or at least experience. Um and you stay learning. That's one of the things that I really appreciate about you. Uh, always reading, always on the cutting edge. Been through a couple of companies and done some amazing stuff all together. And, and uh, <laughs> like you, you whispered in my ear that you have a, an exclusive drop about something new coming. No, 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 no. Don't this say no. What about Maji? But anyway, that is he's, what the podcast is about. Chiniamaji. Yeah, but you, this is this is where you can whisper to the audience what you're working <laughs> on. What was Chiniamaji? You know? I see what you're doing there. I see. I see. But anyway, uh, without further ado, Kenneth Kinanjuri, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, and introduce yourself to the to the audience here. I guess the f- the first step is your background. You yeah. know uh, where you grew up, education, and then your entrepreneurial journey. You know, like in terms of how you progress to become. You're an entrepreneur, and then we'll talk about your your main startup that you worked on for a few years. Go from there. Yeah. So my name is uh, Kenneth, and thank you very much, Mark, for having me on your show. I think it's long, long overdue. Long overdue. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm like wondering how did I miss being on Chinia Magic Podcast for all this time? You're, but you're, you're too smooth for us, man. We could but, catch up with you. <laughs> You're here, but you're traveling a lot. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. Your minor schedules. Schedule. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I started, um, I started off, I mean, just like any other Nairobian um, kid, went to a public primary school and to Hospital Hill. It's okay. in Parklands. Yeah. Um, really amazing public school. Yeah, got a bit of exposure there. Um, you know, it's I didn't know you went to hospital actually. I yeah, didn't know that. Uh, I, thought, I thought you were a girl of Shag's Mordo. Ay, yeah, Mordo. Continue, my bad. Anyway, um, so, you know, Hospital Hill um, made some, a lot of friends, got exposed to a lot of things, you know, swimming, running, you know diverse minds you know those mm. back in the day public schools were you mm-hmm. know they were mm-hmm. they were quality. quality yeah how is it right uh, now is it does it kind of i don't know i don't know honestly yeah, yeah. I, I don't have a, a beat on i don't have a like a good beat mm. beat on mm. on how they are right mm. now but like back in the day like all the kids used to go like public school you right. know you, you right. can feel um then um i went to boarding school uh for my class seven and eight it was like a thing Back in the day, we were shipped into boarding school so that you focus on the finals. Uh, did KCPA, uh, passed, and then went to a school in Karatina. It's called Kanjori. <laughs> Every time I say it, I just say, Kawot! <laughs> but anyway, uh-huh. it's called Kanjori. Uh-huh. And it has produced people. Mm-hmm. A lot of interesting people. Anyway, mm-hmm. So when there, public school as well. Um, and when I finished... Um, you know, got got a good grade um, that qualified me to go to like a government uh, class, 
but before then public um, university or yeah public or? university mm-hmm. and before then i was you know like i was like i'm not going to wait so i just went to my mom and i was like mom and dad i need to start school so i actually enrolled into strathmore and i started studying you know for like a semester and i started like a program until i got a letter um you've been called to dedan kimathu university and you've been called you know to do the degree that you wanted to do which was uh, it which was similar to computer science not very different when i looked at the course units i was like oh my parents were like hey kijana you're being shipped uh, to a public I, you've gotten a public like us yeah. back in the day yeah. ah this one just go follow follow our roots yeah yeah plus you don't follow have to, the government system right plus you, you know? don't have to pay as much as yeah possible. yeah yeah and to give you context like if you get that uh, opportunity you pay about $300 a a whole year that is two semesters intuition and then your parents maybe for accommodation and all that right. maybe it will come to maybe a thousand dollars a year a year wow to, compared to, to strathmore which was compared to strathmore any other which is a private uh, university private university mm-hmm. where each semester you're paying about three thousand dollars to four thousand dollars in tuition Jeez. and you haven't done even accommodation right so your parents might end up spending in a year in an academic year they might end up spending like eight thousand about eight thousand to you know uh 10 12000 dollars yeah so, so it, was, it was it was almost like and so that's the government what are we comparing system. we're comparing five well including accommodation well just tuition yeah 300 versus 7000 8000 exactly so 20 times right you haven't even you've not even counted accommodation right wow and so, okay. so and that's order of magnitude and crazy. that's that's you know we got to give kudos to the government for that yeah. um and they've sort of added more public universities and we're seeing more people now accessing this because back in the day it was very it was minimal. just Kenyatta University but for about like four right now how many how many there I see maybe like 16 or something um, yeah. that I know of and right. I think they they keep adding so right. it's right. it's been more democratized. Awesome. So I get called or to this university called Dedan Kimathi University. Mm, he was a field field marshal Dedan Kimathi. Field marshal. Freedom but, fighter. But at that time mm. that uni nobody knows anything to do with it. Right. Right. Was I it never, new? Was it a new? It was new, new man. Okay, okay. Didn't even have a charter. We were just under JQuart and all that. Okay. And so I'm, I'm, I'm t- my folks. Did you like, have buildings? We had buildings. <laughs> we had like one modern building, but there were like other old buildings. And yeah. where was it located? In Nyeri. Okay. Oof. Mount Kenya. Deep inside. You just wake up and you see this. That's nice. Slopes of Mount Kenya. That's nice. Yeah. You see yeah. the snow and everything. And yeah. it was, it was, it was a nice place. Yeah. There's no snow anymore. And Kenya. I just remember my mom telling me, "Hey, uh, I know you like Strathmore. It's a nice place. I mean, you compare Strathmore to like." Dead and Kimathi, like you can, there's no like Night comparison, day, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And in what in what regard? Like, in just terms of infrastructure, yeah. mm-hmm. infrastructure, the mm-hmm. culture there, and all that. And mm-hmm. my mom, my mom just added this to me, like, hey, I know you've been called to this uni, but like, if success is gonna come from success, doesn't choose where it's gonna come from. It's not about the institution that you go to. It's about you. And she was like. If success is going to come in Dedan Kimathi, it's going to come there. Right. So just go. Awesome. And I was very bitter. I won't lie. You're I mad. was very bitter like the first years like from I felt like it was a downgrade. A bit. From like Strathmore to this. Yeah, from Nairobi to Nyeri. Yeah, yes. and it took me like you know, I, I studied in Nyeri, Kanjuri, the Kawot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you so know. you're back you, you thought so I was like I was like I'm done with this place and then I'm taking back. Ah yeah 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 yeah. I was like why why are they doing this? Anyway, fate had it. I I was going to spend another 4 5 years in in, in Nyeri. And and you know that's where the journey started and um and I remember starting, you know, computer science with a lot of amazing other guys from all over the country. You know, we got everybody. Mm-hmm. Diversity. Awesome. Yeah, and it was it was a good class. and we you know we formed like bonds and started and at that time there was a group of seniors um who were really interested in like taking computer science to the next level mm-hmm. so they were like the 
patriarchs, mm-hmm. the pioneers of Derenki Mathi, mm-hmm. because they were the first job class. Mm. And so the, the seniors at the time were, they were, they were the inaugural first, class. They were the inaugural class. Wow, so it's a very young school yeah, when you got there. At that time, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I got to see like the change, you know, we didn't have a basketball court, we didn't have many. And then all of a sudden, like, a lot of development change are happening within like months mm. when I was there. Mm-hmm. So three months, like remember joining uh, fall of uh, 20, 2011 mm-hmm. and all, we're in 2012 and wow, a lot of change. But, it, you know, in 2012, like in my second semester, uh, first year, I just focused on playing basketball and school. Mm. And I was like still interested in like computer and all that stuff and just meeting people just getting around and right. understanding what feeling you know, your way about the yeah, place you're feeling your way around the place and trying to accept and come come to jesus moment with, <laughs> like i'm here <laughs> with, 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 with myself right but after i just accept i said hey okay this is the i've been dealt with this i have to deal with it mm-hmm. you know these are the cards i've been dealt with so, so make the most of it make the most out of it mm-hmm. and i just Focused on that and zeroed down on that and say, hey, if my success, just remember my mom's word, if success is going to come here, it's going to come here. So at the time, I had it like a dream of one day, like going to Google I.O. and start. You know, I was just seeing stuff happening around and I was like, man, you know, because my dad, my pops actually went to, my dad studied in the UK for his master's. So I was like, how can I, how can I, you know, go there and get this knowledge and just be not exposed? Just, yeah, not. My whole goal was like, I don't want to be like the Limited. local fish. Exactly, you small know, fox, big yes. fish in a small pond. Yeah, I didn't want that. Or I just small fish in a be, small pond. I just wanted to be a considerable fish that can survive in the in the in the ocean. Yeah, you, you, know? you, you saw the world bigger than obviously. I saw it bigger than this. I saw it bigger than Neri, and I actually said, hey. I'm gonna do something, and I don't know what's gonna what it's gonna be, but there's gonna be something. So I follow these senior guys. So I'm playing basketball with some guy, and he's like, "Oh, you can you you're like the tech guy, you know? You do like tech stuff. I've heard some stuff about you." So it's like I have actually my friend. We normally like cook dinner together. Um, let's go and meet up, and you know, I think you guys will get along. Uh, get along. Mm-hmm. So I meet this guy, man, who'd been working for like... So we go together with the guy after the game, after the pickup game. Mm-hmm. And we're like... Um, we meet this guy who had been working for like companies in in, in the US. Mm-hmm. They were doing like Python Django and like Rubion Rails. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. So he was and a remote worker or... He was a, guess what? Mm-hmm. He was the first guy, one of the first Africans to join Odesk. Okay. That time, mm-hmm. Odesk wasn't flooded. Okay. It wasn't even... So Odesk was the original kind now, of... Now people call it Upwork. Upwork, right. It's called so, Upwork. So, so wait a minute. Did Odesk... Did, did Odesk was a startup at the right. time. But it just started. What happened to Odesk? Did they become Upwork? Because I didn't keep track of that. So what happened was, uh, at that time, the uh, in the US, there were there were many startups. There was like a startup phase just after the economy started like picking up mm. after the 2-8 crash. So there was like, we need to, we can't afford the talent right, in Silicon right, Valley. Right. So, we need to, so let's outsource yeah, it yeah. to the world. Yeah. And it's 2004, so, 4, 5, 6. Yeah, that's yeah. when the gig economy like started up. And so this is like 20, 2010, 2011. And so Upwork or Odesk, it was called Odesk at the time, was like this outsourced mm. fit, mm. right? And so they will get the best talent all over the world. Then they had this platform, and then they'll get projects for companies. Mm-hmm. So similar to like so they do Andela. They were they were Andela before before Andela came. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. And and there was other site <coughs> called Elans. So I remember, people those, are going I remember to those brands. Yeah, and yeah. people are going to yeah. Apple. Yeah. So at the time, we had noticed that older school had like high quality jobs. I mean, your student. In Deren Kimati Nyeri, where the cost of living is not as compared to like a you can survive easy on a dollar a day. Easy, way, you're being paid thirty dollars an hour. Twenty dollars <laughs> an hour. Mm-hmm. That's that, that's life changing stuff. That's life changing. Mm. You're a student, you're used to being given ten dollars a week. That's your budget. Max. That's your rich parent. Yeah. That, that you're rich. That's ten dollars <laughs> a budget. A day. That's no, a week. That's right. like your budget. Yeah. The parent is like, hey, ten, fifteen dollars. That's your budget. Mm-hmm. Upkeep. Mm-hmm. So now you flip into a situation where, and and you see most people are getting into writing. 
Mm. But my friends were like, we are computer scientists. Actually, there's no much competition in software engineering because there's the technical, anybody can write. Mm. Mm. But not everybody can code. Mm-hmm. And we're in computer science, why should we? Not everybody can write well, but... Exactly, mm. but at least everyone can. The barrier to entry in writing is... It's much lower. It's much it's, lower. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a commodity. Yeah. And so anyway, we do that and you know that's when we started. Um, I, I met these guys. They were, oh, these guys were established, man. Mm. Like they were, they were doing stuff. This one guy, like, even bought a car. Like, can you imagine a student buying a car? That's crazy. Working, working, working in his dorm room. That's until he so bought exciting. a car. In Yeri. In Yeri. My the world man. is so flat. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah, so exciting. I was like, I was like damn. So, this, I, this, so basically, what we're saying is the power of technology to transform lives. Yes. I saw that. I said, wow. This can't be concentrated in one place. What, what, what do I need to know? What else is out so there? So I go and meet the guy and I'm like, dude, you've inspired me. Mm-hmm. What was his name? His name is Tom. Mm-hmm. He's still around. He's still around. Tom. Still doing business, I need, man. I need to meet Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he's a legend. No, that, I would like, he's a legend in our uni, man. <laughs> People still talk story about Tom. <laughs> he broke new ground. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He opened it for us. All right, so let's move forward with now. So how did you get into it? So anyway, I go have a conversation with him and I told him, how do I start? And he tells me, okay, dude, you better learn Python. Mm-hmm. So I was a computer science student or mm-hmm. IT, mm-hmm. but then I was, you know, C++, Java. Mm-hmm. But he was stuff. like, he was like, um, first, it's it's software engineering on the web. So it's backend, building mm-hmm. APIs and the like. So mm-hmm. he's like, first you need to learn Python and then you move to this framework called Django. And mm-hmm. then once you have expertise there, you will be accessing quality jobs because mm. now it's about delivering. Mm. So for like four months, man, I just focus on learning Python. Chiniamaji. Chiniamaji. I was just like... You went underwater. I, I, I got this book, Learn Python the Hard Way. <laughs> Zeta Show. <laughs> hey. You, you were like... I'm every going. day I was doing like an exercise. 30 day. I did a 30 day boot Sprint, camp. basically. Sprint. Boot camp, whatever. Focus. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, this thing I gotta know. This is my thing. After that, mm. I jumped into Django. Mm. Now in our uni... This is now 2012. Mm. Uh, 20, this is now, this is, yes, this is now 2012. Um, this is now end of 2012 that I'm meeting this guy. I'm about to get in my second year. So now, um, 2013, early 2013, uh, no, actually, end of 2012, I've met this guy, he's told me this, and I've started like, so before I even started freelancing, I had about six months of intense Three months learning Python and then another three months Django. Uh, Django. Mm-hmm. Now, the other part that he didn't tell me was how to get a job. You're not competing <laughs> with Kenyans. You're competing with globally. Yes. No, no, no. With Global Indians. Market. Indians. Oh, yes. <laughs> Eastern Europe. My friends. Yeah. Dude, I became like, like we... You know, we even knew like the peak hours to apply for the job. You were you you, you were optimized for the for the market. Man, we we were like, what time do people post jobs? PST time in the morning. Let's get to it. So the guy's like, oh, before I let me post this job in the morning. So you wanna be the first guy that applies for resume the job. top of the pile. Not application first, and then um, we weren't like the in so other people copy paste. Mm. I never copy pasted like my. You customize like, your stuff to the job. Every time I read, and then apply for the job. So we had time. So if you wanted to get a job, you wanted to apply for jobs between midnight, between midnight. Kenya time. Kenya time, or in the evening. So you start applying for jobs from like nine p.m. all the way to like uh, one a.m. You have guaranteed. When you apply, you're the first guy. Respond to the job ad because it's about quick, it's about instant. Response time. Response time. And then once you apply for the job, mm. the guy will respond to you and then you get the exchange. Once you get the exchange, now you're negotiating terms. Mm-hmm. You got a contract. Mm-hmm. That's how it was. What was the average terms of the contract? Three months? Was what were they like? Some were, some were like jobs. Okay. Like a full time gig. It's like a full, you're given like 30 hours a week. Okay. And, that, and then you're just running the timer. You're just coding, man. Like you're making money, and then you know they use the US way of paying every week. Every t- <laughs> every week. Bing. 
ping, you know, like getting paid every Wednesday. You know, guys are gonna just be like. So how did your life change in, in this phase? What, 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 what lifestyle maybe or some so of the? So for me, I was like, I didn't really focus on the freelance too much for a long time as compared to like my friends, mm. right? So for me, at the time, once I found this. I had a burning desire. This has been something that's been consistent with me. Mm. It's about sharing and how can I help other people be be in this situation. I mm. was like, I can't just be the only one here. Mm-hmm. Like, how can I bring the other people? Right, right. And so that's when I was now, I also met like the Google uh, developer group chapter leaders. Because I went for a hackathon. You know, like you're on this journey, you want to elevate. Mm-hmm. So you're meeting other like-minded Networking, people. Networking, going to events. So that's when I started uh, GDG. Kimathi University, which was this uh, chapter for you know helping developers like uplift, mm, skill up, uplift yeah. their skills and build a community. And so the guys we started with were the guys who started like GDG. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, how can we create a community of better software engineers coming out from Kimathi mm. and building a name, you know? Mm. And also, it wasn't even about building a name. How can we just democratize this? I was mm-hmm. like, I'm working on these guys. I'm learning so much. I'm like, wow. Before my guys actually get this, this is like, you can't get this anywhere. Mm. So we started doing meetups in mm. the uni and all that, mm. building communities and all that <clears throat> in, the, in the community. And from five, we went to 30, we went to 80, went to about 200. Mm. And you know, in the uni, you have people coming up, coming mm. in. Mm. But by the time I left, we were like about 300 university yes. students. Mm. Um, in the dev were, community? That were in the GDG community. What's GDG stand for? Google Developer Group. Okay. And so, you know, started, started that, um, you know, and started, you know, evangelizing and showing people that, hey, once you learn something, the spirit of sharing, we right. need to share. Right. We need to share. And, and we did that for, you know, since 2012, 2013. I did so much of that work, especially for my community, that actually Google noticed, wow, there's a guy, there's a chapter of people doing some interesting stuff and they're publishing and they're consistent, mm. putting their work out there. Mm. And that's when I got the first uh, chance to go to London, was for a summit. And so when I went to London... How did that happen? Did they reach out to you? They reached out to me, the developer relations lead at the time. Uh, he now works for Facebook. Mm. Um, he, you know, we get this email, hey, because of the work you guys have been doing, we're inviting you for a summit. In London, I'm like, I've never even thought about traveling. Yeah, you, don't even have, never, you don't even have a passport. I didn't even have a passport. <laughs> you know, most yeah. people see me traveling now. They don't even know that I didn't even have a passport. I got my passport in 2013. Right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, first you have to apply for the passport, then I apply for a UK visa, and then they rejected my visa. Mm. First time, mm. I didn't give up. Mm. Reapplied again mm. with my with my friend, mm. and then we got it. We got it like a day before the flight. Oh wow! Okay. So we go there. Mm. We were, and that was when now I started being exposed. Mm. I met like product area experts in, within Google that were doing amazing stuff. I met Mandy White. <clears throat> she's known in Google um, for um, she's a very senior a Googler leads developer relations and you know she's known for like kubernetes and you know devops at google um and you know met other amazing people that were there and then you know and that's even when i heard about the google expert program you know which i ended up joining um a year later but and i'll tell you more about that but that moment where i was because i felt like because i was awarded because i was sharing a lot instead of taking a backseat it just gingered me to like do more, you know, and I kept sharing. I think 2013, I was like sharing a lot Mm -hmm. and, you know, did a lot. Now, what happened was I focused so much on the Upwork and this journey that I was studying in the sharing that now my academic (laughs) went on a downward spiral. You forgot you were a student somewhere. (laughs) Man, I I think I was in a trance. Mm. And... I got like for the first time I got like supplementary, like I got mm, a, mm. I got a because there were math units I couldn't wing them. Like mm. I gotta practice, I gotta mm. put in time. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened, wow, it took me aback. And this was happening when I'm about to go to my final year. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wow. So so maybe because 
let's fast forward to your. I guess this is almost like an entrepreneurial thing. This is very opportunistic, yeah. right? And you're, and you're, like you saw an opportunity, you go for it, and you pursued it. You actually honed your skills, right? You are yeah. like, I'm gonna take the time to work on becoming the kind of person who's ready yes. for this opportunity. Exactly. And then the other thing too is you didn't hoard it for yourself. No. Like we know people like to do. Uh, uh, a lot of people here. a lot of people out there want to do that. They're like Chini Amaji, I'm, I'm I know all this. I see that's a job opportunity. Even, no, no, that's I'm even, not even gonna share with anybody. Right. But that's not even Chini Amaji. Exactly. That's in the closet. You know? That's exactly. <laughs> some other stuff. I mean so, I've seen that a lot. Right. So so you 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 had these principles where if you see an opportunity, you go for it, you prepare yourself, you master the, the game. Oh right? you master it. And then you share. And you expand. Because if you did not share, you were not going to London. I wasn't. Period. I wasn't. And all the things that have come and the travel and everything that has come. Came from and that sharing. Guess what? Mm. I'm sharing in Kenya. There's another guy in Cameroon who's sharing a lot. Mm-hmm. His name is Cedric. Mm-hmm. And he's your co-founder at Wikasha. Dude, we meet up in Nairobi in 2013 for a summit. He comes, we talk, we're like, dude, I think we, we need to work together. Yeah. I think your vision for Africa and my vision, I think they are aligned. So, 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 Let's so, team up. So, so, so take a step back here. So Cedric was doing the same thing you were yeah, doing. He was doing the same thing in Cameroon. In Cameroon. Developing community. Yes. You know, Sharing, trying to elevate his country. And <laughs> then you guys meet here in Nairobi for like a, a summit. summit. Which summit was this? It was Google Summit. Google Summit. For all those people who are doing that kind of stuff. Awesome. And then all of a sudden there's like a kindred spirit moment. You guys connect. So actually the way it happened was um, he had he was he had gone to intern in Zurich mm. and his flight was in the evening. So everybody left in the morning. Ah. But he wanted to see more of Nairobi. So I told him, you know what? I'm going to show you around. Mm. So I was like... Volunteer to be like a again, tour guide. That's, again, that's a spirit of <laughs> giving, right? Being available. Exactly. Giving without Making expecting time. anything back. Time. Right? Amazing. Okay, cool stuff. So I love that. So you go meet and he's telling me about Africa and all that. Mm. And we actually went to like Westgate and all that. We're walking. Mm. And then he's telling me about his vision. I'm like, hmm, by the way, do you know what? I've actually been thinking about the same thing. Instead of you doing your thing and I do my thing, why don't we work, work together? together? Yeah. Long story short, in about a year, we got a company and we start trying to solve some African problems. What was, what was this problem? What was the shared vision you had? So the, f- the first thing was how do we elevate Africa and how do... Esp- access. Access was a big thing because... Access to what? Um, access, access to like mobile um, payments, for instance. Mm. Let me give you Cedric's story. Mm. So he so he lost his dad um, like a while back when he was like very young. His dad, dad passed on because of a stroke. And because they didn't have the right health insurance and then the health system was broken where you have to pay by cash. So you know when you get a stroke, yeah. you need to take the person to the, to the hospital, hospital immediately and then they get like the procedure. So they take him, they He's holding his dad in the hospital. They say we can't treat him until you get the money. So by the time they so call, he's in the ho- so wait a minute he's so in the, the hospital, hospital with his dad. But they say we cannot treat this guy who has a stroke yeah. right now until, until you pay us, us money. Until you pay us. So they go call all the family members. By the time they get the money, his dad passed on. In front of their eyes. No, in Cedric's hands. Like this. So so what does it tell you about Africa's? <sighs> And it's, it's anyway, long story short, he comes to Africa, he sees M-Pesa. Wait, 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 but wait, he comes to Kenya. He comes to Kenya. He's sorry. in West Africa. This was in yes, Cameroon. In Cameroon. Okay. They didn't have mobile money that time. Right. But then he comes to Kenya and sees M-Pesa and he's like, ah, Blown how away. can you just like send, send money? money? So he was like, in his mind, he was like, if we had M-Pesa by then, he would have just sent a text. Everyone would have seeded the money. They would have and made the payment. His dad made the love. Jesus Christ, again, the power of technology. Like, this is a thing sometimes I try and, 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 and encapsulate for the young people. I work that was with his story. Hold on. Yeah, just, just I, I try and encapsulate for the people who have not seen technology trans- changes lives, saves lives. It it, 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 your whole story. And then Cedric's dad's story. So basically, 
if M-Pesa was in Cameroon, uh, he would be alive today, probably. Probably. We don't know, but it could have, he, he, he could have had a higher chance right. to, to survive. Wow. You know? And so, you know, the, and so that drove us to, like, say, we are going to build... We, because what we noticed was that payments was so fragmented. Fragmented, broken, right. We have M-Pesa here. In Cameroon, we have M-Pesa. In Nigeria, there was nothing, you know. And South Africa has an advanced banking system. They have their cards, everything. So how do we... We want to go online. We want to do. We want to compete but, in this digital space. But we didn't even have the payment infrastructure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You want to talk about e-commerce. So anyway, we start working and say, okay, we have two problems to drive e-commerce with logistics and payments. payments. Mm-hmm. We said, okay, we are gonna tackle payments. So we start by thinking, okay, can we build like a sort of PayPal? So we build like a prototype, which was like a, it looked like it was a. Uh, what do you call it? Like pay, PayPal, it was like a wallet. But the wallet has like a lot of, you need to be an acquirer, you need to be this. So we're like, ah, we don't have all those resources. Right. We can't do this. We need to find another strategy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we pivot and then we go and try and talk to Jumia. We tell them, okay, we want to work with this, but we want to use you guys as the experiment. Can you help us in some of your markets to experiment mm-hmm. like our technology? Mm-hmm. Jumia refuses. Of course they did. Yeah, like you guys are too small for us. And that's what I say. Like right. you see a startup that wants to work with the sort of bigger startup. Yeah. But instead of helping them or absorbing them and helping them yeah. like you know, work together, you see that they say, Oh, you guys are too small yeah. for us. That yeah. was that was the You see that's that that's the that, that's the thing. So you see the barrier, it's different, eh? It's very different. I, so I start, startups, startups help. There's a community. There's a community. So, but Jumia was not no, thinking no. of themselves as even an African they startup. Even, they were we not even in the ecosystem. Let me not tell you. We didn't even get a hearing. Of we course, didn't even get a no. We tried, tried, tried. We sent emails to an answer. Of course, yeah. Because they're sitting in Europe. They're like, who are these African kids no, 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 who are yeah. trying to waste our time? And I mean, it's this is the story of many startups in, in Africa. In Africa, yeah. Especially lack of access. Lack you don't of have network. that access. Because you're, you're not in that network. Right. You don't know those people. Right. You're not a second-time entrepreneur. You're not in a, in a network. You just have your technology and you're green. So yeah. you don't even know where to start. Yeah. Anyway, so what we did, we didn't die there. So we, we went to San Francisco. You know Moscone? Mm-hmm. There's like this restaurant that used to be called Gilead's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something happens through Serendipity. I both me and Cedric are in San Francisco for Google I.O. in 2014, first time in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So we see an opportunity to pitch. We say, okay, let's go and pitch. We'll prepare and we'll pitch our mm-hmm. idea. Then. Mm-hmm. So we go and we sign up and then we go and pitch. Out of 80 people that pitched, and this was open to Silicon Valley and all that, 80 people pitched on that night. Four people got to the finals. And you know what? The audience was voting. Guess what? They vote, we were the fin- we in the final four. <laughs> they were like, your idea has something. So let me ask you a question. What was the pitch? Was it the story it of his the, dad? No, yeah. nothing. He never. He, the story about his dad, we talked about it in TechCrunch. Okay, so, so, so what was the pitch? What was, what was the gist of it? The pitch was basically, I pay online, I pay on the line. <clears throat> I pay online, that was the thing. Mm-hmm. And we want to build um, something that can be able to facilitate people in Africa in emerging markets to be able to pay online with their local context, with their mobile phone, online. So for instance, if I wanted to buy something from Amazon, instead of putting my card, what if I could just do it with them person? Right. right? And that was, that, was, that was what we were mm-hmm. thinking about. But, so, if you're so, in Cameroon and you have cash, maybe you don't have mobile money, you could go to your agent, put the money, and then there will be a way that that transaction that can be facilitated yeah. will be known yeah, you know? yeah and yeah. so that was like the goal that was where we pitched mm-hmm. and we actually got to like we become first runners up and that was total validation we we're like wow we went to Silicon Valley just like that and on a whim on a whim and and we came back and we're like no we have to make this work and so we end up building we shop up we shop up <laughs> so your name is <laughs> we shop up we shop up so let me, let me, let was me. the first name yeah. Not even Wikasha. Wikasha, it was hype online. We shop up is not bad. We shop up. <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, we, we shop up basically was like our version of e-commerce. So for like six months, we built our own e-commerce store. Crowdfunding, all that. We focused on it. 
so that we put our payment plugin so that people use our payment thing. So instead of so they say that we so instead can of being stri- instead of instead of using instead of yes instead so, of being so basically stri- you, you instead of doing Stripe you want to do ecom you want to do Amazon so you can have Stripe what you can put Stripe inside there. It's amazing. We did that because nobody believed. Because it. everybody was saying, "Ah, oh, you look at these kids." Because it's because Jumia they refused. They refused. And all the other e-commerce guys were like, "You guys are too small." For God, us. it's just a problem with Africa, man. Anyway, yeah. we were like, "We're not taking no for an answer." I love it. <laughs> like, so you probably gonna, learned a lot about. I I know a lot about e-commerce. Man. <laughs> <laughs> the shipping, lodging. Like we had like some chat app. We're doing customer care. We have so hold on. We're everything. So hold on. So so so, six months of building this thing, okay. No user testing. Nothing. 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 So you guys are just in your minds building. No, but place. when we launched the store, we didn't like build like our own. Where did you get store. inventory? Where did you get? Dude, we just thought we 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 were like we have contacts. We'll call people in Africa. I love it. We'll do this. Yes. Then we just took like open cut like an open source thing customized it put a, it was proof of concept uh-huh. gonna put our, the goal is putting our payment thing inside this there. payment thing has to work it has to work <laughs> this is awesome so and that was, as we were doing that and doing that that's when we understood oh this payment game is an api game mm-hmm. even stripe hadn't even launched at the time when it started they were they were a startup at the time yeah so no one had so it's like it's like everyone just converged at the one boom. time. Boom. API is the merchants. Group. Right. Like it took some time for people to like understand this whole payment thing. Yeah, payment is complicated. Yeah. yeah. And so we now iterated and now we're like so this is you know, a fast forward. This is like twenty maybe twenty sixteen. Yeah, twenty sixteen. And twenty sixteen you have we figured out that this is gonna be the way. Guess what? 2016, there's also Paystack that's doing this, solving the same problem. So Paystack in, is in this startup from Nigeria. Guess trying what? To solve same payments. time, uh, Flutterwave is also coming up, and so, and they had so Flutterwave had like this Pan African like play, mm-hmm. play, but they also started in Nigeria. But then for us, we're like everyone is just looking at Nigeria, in Kenya, Kenya, in South Africa. That's normally yeah, ask everybody that's the thing about Africa. That's those are the they, countries. In fact, they shouldn't call it Africa. They should call it Nigeria, Kenya, and South Africa. <laughs> you know? And everybody just goes and plays in those markets right. and does their proof of concept. Like in Rwanda thing. now, we were like, we're going to Francophone. Mm-hmm. Nobody's even looking there. Yep. We looked at the numbers offline. We're like, ah. Uh-uh. There's something here, like these people, the data is not even coming up. That's mm-hmm. why people are saying it's an underserved market because you only have data of these three countries. Right. <clears throat> so what about these other countries? So we started trying to do this. So I went to like Cameroon my first time and I felt Cameroon was similar to like Nairobi maybe in 2008, just mm-hmm. after Mpesa had mm-hmm. stayed. Because mm-hmm. there was like context, mm-hmm. you know, with... They had like their agents. There was this company called Express Money. Mm. Um, there was uh, Orange Money. There was MTN. There wasn't like a dominant. There wasn't a dominant player. Uh, player. Mm. You see, the thing um, that most people don't understand. I see people talking about Mpesa. Mpesa had like some special environment or conditions or variables that helped it be what it is. Virgin territory. So now when you, it's not even about first. It was like the policy supported it. They were like a dominant telco, right. so they, they enjoyed that. Right. Now, if you go to other markets, they don't have those variables, right? And then they really zeroed in on their like agent network and all that. Right. So, uh, you reproducing that same effect in it's other markets, hard, yeah. it's, it's not as easy. It's, so it's, hard, yeah. it's, it's really hard because we <clears> did it as a society, accepted it. That's a very societal, cultural thing that you can't just like just like scale it mm. or reproduce it in mm. another place. So so what do you think about the <laughs> Kenyan context culturally that allowed cuz I hear people saying this a lot and I'm wondering mm, is I mean like is it like uh, one of those things where um you come to a conclusion because it is in front of you, right? In in the sense that people it say it was the value. It was a value because I, I I if if so this was the thing. The value was 
when Mbesa, like the first ad was, ah, you are in Nairobi, you can actually just send money to your mom in... in Who doesn't, can't relate to that? Who, everybody related to that. Right. Now, the same people, if now you've started having a habit, every week, you send, like... Like Mpesa is what educated us, right? Mm. How do you think my parents are sending up? I don't I didn't have to go from Nyeri to, to Nairobi. Nairobi or to I don't my know. My mom where. will just send me like ding ding. I'll just see Mpesa, right? And so the same way because in our society, in our culture, our parents used to either go end of the month or they'll either go uh, biweekly to see their folks in shards. Sometimes shags is like really far. And shags <coughs> is up country. So, yeah. so people, so there's this bifurcation between, you know, uh, older generation that lives in the country, yeah. right? And then people, yeah, you know, I mean, working age people exactly. living in the city, exactly. right? And there's this trafficking back and forth between those two, quote yeah. unquote, so domains. You'll be shocked. I actually feel the biggest corridor or the biggest like volumes are coming from that that um, from Nairobi to like rural, it was in between Nairobi, but that was because you now knew it was possible. Ah, see, we can settle each other businesses. Right, right. right. So, you know, like SMEs. So, SMEs started like doing settlements with each other. Right. Peer to peer. Peer to peer. But business to but business. Now, payments. But basically, it was business to business. Mm. That's when, and if you see the value, if you look at the roadmap of Mpesa, it's really like evolved. I remember it, it, was it followed the market though, right? It saw what people market. were doing, which is how exactly. you would build anything really. And they introduced Lipa na Mpesa, then we had Pay Bill, then, then, you know, and essentially, so they've grown and evolved with us as well. But after Pay Bill, there's not been any. There's been like Fuliza, there's been like. Yeah, uh, Fuliza is just the, loans, No, 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 there's is... the CBA thing, the loan thing. It's okay, I mean. And I'm sure. I'm sure it was a big thing. What's I'm sure? I'm sure is uh, like how based on now my impasse transaction. So I save with I'm sure. Like okay. I put my so, money it's a, in so, so it's a bank basically. Money. You know, I was having a conversation. Then with now them. you start like you right. can now borrow money. So okay, so it's almost and like that a credit was the first thing. No, it was it was like it was like what branch and Tala tried to be. Right. But they were like the. So so what is Fuliza then? So Fuliza now. Now this is a bit confusing. Let's not talk about Safaricom's products. <laughs> let's let's move with you. With anyway, I don't even know what it is. So so let's. I'm, I don't use it that much. We're kind of running out of time here, and your your story is fascinating. Yeah. So now let's let's kind of fast forward a little bit about now. You've gone to Cameroon. You see the payment environment. You guys are trying to fit, figure out how you fit into this whole kind of uh, ecosystem. Yeah. What happens next? So after that, you know, we we go back. We recoup. I end up moving to France for a short while and just focus. Why France? So we have a story and basically everyone kept asking us why France. So first of all, because as far as we are we, concerned... We wanted to incorporate, it was really hard. So where you're domiciled as your startup really matters. From an investor... From an investment... Comfortability standpoint. Now from a Francophone perspective, if you're in Francophone, Makes if you sense. set up like, let's say, in Cameroon... Like that means that it's not really friendly <coughs> for investors to invest right. in you or right. the like. So we chose, okay, let's do it. And at the time, it two, makes of sense. Our, two of our founders were actually really in Marseille. Yeah. Cedric was an engineering student in Polytech Marseille. And um, our other co-founder, she was also in Marseille. And then I'm the only one in Kenya. And then we actually had our first angel that wanted us to incorporate in the UK. But then that didn't work out. And so we ended up bootstrapping and seeding all the investment, all the things that we had and incorporating it there. Because that made sense for us. Right. We didn't have an option. It right. was either we die or we incorporate it. Yeah. Right. And right. so we were like, let's Do let's that. have an end. Makes sense. Yeah. And so for us at the time, that was the best decision that mm-hmm. we could do. Mm-hmm. Plus you're serving Francophone. There was no Clarky at the time. Right. There was no Stripe Atlas. There was, that wasn't there. Right. So we did with what we had. And so I ended up like shifting base, moving there for a while, um, focusing on you know launching now. We cash up version one. This is 2016. Mm-hmm. We ended up launching it November 20, 28th, November 26th, 2016. That was our version one. Um, and basically, it was similar to Stripe, but allowed 
uh, merchants to be able to only collect payments, accept. Okay. So we're doing collections for merchants. Okay. Um, and so we launched the first version and we did it with about, we, we estimated maybe we'll have like 150 merchants uh, signing up with us. So we only activated maybe like 10 of them or 20. Then all of a sudden we had like all this interest for like 2,000 merchants, like they want to like integrate mm. us because they are trying to enter the market. Where are these mar- merchants located? Globally. They were coming from oh. all over the place. We had like some within the continent, some from outside the continent. Some want to accept payments and be settled out. Right. And some were internal merchants. So it was a mix. Mm. Um, <coughs> and so How did they find out about you guys? Just online. They were looking. SEO? Like what, like what was your I mean, visibility your, model? Uh, we didn't even have one. I will be honest. They just came organically. We we just so you you we you, just had our website and just a small video. We didn't even pay for ads. We did zero marketing. So what type of clients were they these? were looking for? Yeah, but what what com, what what was a common thing that they had that told you that these they guys were similar? Everybody wanted to be paid to be to to. What, what did they sell? What business were they in? Most of them. Do you have any patterns you can share that you think? Can guide people there in terms of thinking about markets. There was some e-commerce. There was some gig economy. Okay. Folks. So those are the um, big, are, the markets. Yeah, the sub- those interest from like betting people. Okay. Interesting. Um, okay. So mostly e-commerce. They, it was more. It was let's call it online merchants. Online merchants. Because yeah. uh, when you say e-commerce, yeah. there was another big bracket of people that we. We, our assumption was like, oh, e-commerce. Then we noticed... But uh, e-commerce is everything. E-commerce is... Broadly speaking, right? Yeah. So when people think e-commerce, they think products, but there's all these other kind of yeah, services. Yeah, yeah. They, most of the time when you say e-commerce, people think Amazon or Jumia. Right. But it's, e-commerce is like... So that's why I normally say online merchants, because when you now say an online merchant, that means goods and services. Right. Yeah. And so we had all these people trying to... And other people wanted... Actually, we then evolved, and we were not now calling ourselves like facilitator of that we are now an infrastructure mm-hmm. or a platform that mm-hmm. will do more mm-hmm. things because now you could use your infrastructure to mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. anyway um, we did that then in 2017 listening to our merchants and growing slowly by slowly kept improving so when you had 2000 merchants wanting to get in what stopped you from just KY, absorbing them um, KYC um, okay. know your customers so okay. there is like a big regulatory break yeah. there's, and then there was no proper way to like validate these businesses and money laundering and yeah. all that so yeah. that was like a big challenge Got it's it. still a big challenge even now mm. um, and so you know we, we had a lot of challenges moving in so, 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 so if you were to go back and look at how would you now hindsight being 2020 what would what, did, what would you have needed to have to handle, to be able to absorb that and have your KYC locked in. Is there a service provider right now that's turnkey that you can say, hey, I'll take the service provider to plug into my mm, I'll say infrastructure? Know, if I'll go back, I'll say if we had more, if we got in the right, if we were bootstrapped. So mm. if we got in um, more, if we got in resources and resources being access first to the right type of people in the payment space, in the regulatory and partnership space, two, those relationships with banks and the likes, three, like resources in terms of like funds to sort of like get the right team to complement like our diverse skill sets. Um, I feel like probably we'll have had like a different outcome. But but so so you're talking about this KYC thing, and, yeah. and you've talked a little bit about so if multi- we got, so if we got those three things, we would have had the resources to build up because it. this is what happened. Stripe had the same problem. Right. They had the, for America it was okay, but what about non-American Global. companies yeah. that want to do the same yeah. and use Stripe? So Stripe actually built Stripe Atlas, which is this program that helps incorporate a company and do that. We could have done the same probably with another country. But that Stripe Atlas came quite much later. It came much I later. I mean, it's not the solution to... How do they solve the anti-money laundering? It's this. The only... You, um, because Stripe... Okay. Stripe was, was only open for U.S. customers. Until when? You know, um, I and if you don't know, know, it's fine. I don't know. I don't know when, but then I knew that they also had a big demand from countries that were from Europe. Right. Now, because they Globally, are under, yeah. they are domiciled in the U.S. and they're using Atlas, 
they, sorry, and they need to know this customer. Now, if you are a US entity and you're accepting payments, the money goes to it's reconciled and taken to the US. Right. So all those payments are State in the US. In market, yeah. So cross borders. Well so now is. SEC and all those people can do like their regulation right. on that entity. Right. That no. So by right. by you it's a regulatory regime. It's cross it's cross pollinating between regulatory regimes that makes this exactly. So we so if we had the resources we could have now built the infrastructure our, a program or something from a regulatory manager like whatever we could, you have, we could have innovated around right. that problem and not even so much innovation it's really just kind of meeting the market needs from a okay what do you what kind of structure do you need to have exactly to be able to do this we, business we could have been able to produce something that we would have been able to okay cool so we, we're kind of running out of time right now this story is fascinating how about this why don't we do a part two because it gets more interesting because I know this story. <laughs> <laughs> so we leave the audience with a part one because now you're getting into the real meat and potatoes. Really? The real meat and potatoes? Yeah, the real meat and potatoes. What we, should we call it? Uh, what Nyamachoma and Tasca? But anyway. Um, Maybe yeah, pasta and meatballs. Ah, come on. <laughs> I don't know. How do you even have that? But anyway, I think the audience gets the gist. They gets the gist. I think we should do a part two, right? Yeah. Uh, next week, you know, uh, we unpack further because there's so much you can. The, your knowledge is and your experience. We <laughs> so should many, not be. We should too not many stories. We should, yeah, and, we should and, we and, not and skim the off way. the top, right? We should just kind of unpack every single one of these things yeah. because there's a lot of you know uh, useful information. And that, I mean, uh, I, I know I love to talk a lot. There's no, there's no, there's no. Young, young wisdom. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I cool. mean, there's also a lot of failure stories as well. Yeah, so which will part, which probably will part. part two. I'll focus on like I think maybe most people would have noticed is that oh they only see Ken and they see like the iceberg on top and they oh yeah it's just like doing well but there's been like a lot of there's a lot of growth there's been a lot of. Uh, Failures. It's not. I don't call it failure. It's 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 learning it's learning opportunities, right? What, what is I failure? See. That is our <laughs> That is our Learning opportunities. So anyway, um, as you guys have heard, we will continue part two next week. Uh, the Chini Maji podcast with the man, the myth, the legend. I no 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 no. Hey man, you make a sip of Young Akili. <laughs> <laughs> Professor Brains. Now, anyway, um, but um, yeah, we'll continue part two next week. Uh, until next time. Cheers. Okay.